Well, good morning, New Hope Church family. I want to say welcome to this beautiful Thursday morning of our TNT devotional. My name is Matt, and I am one of the student pastors at our Friendswood campus, and I'm also a new dad. I got a picture right here. Look, classic Polaroid. Look, let's see if it'll even, probably won't focus, but you can see this little blurry blob here is my son. His name is Josiah Taylor Armendariz. Uh, you also can't tell he was not very happy about me taking this picture, so he's got a little bit of a grumpy look on his face. Uh, he's almost two weeks old, and uh, I'll say the dad life so far has been really great, really fun. Um, he only does a few things. He eats, he sleeps, and he goes to the bathroom. And so lots of dirty diapers and lots of feeding times and lots of sleep. So sometimes I think he's got the easy life because that's about the only thing he has to worry about. It's those, uh, but it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun. Uh, about two weeks ago, my wife and I went to the hospital uh, to deliver him. And um, it's a really exciting process. It was not exactly what we had expected. She went to go get induced. She was already in labor. Uh, we thought we'd just have a normal delivery, but had to have an emergency C-section. And so uh, he's been such a blessing, uh, really fun little kiddo to have around, and um, really excited about being a dad. Uh, now just gives the students another reason to call me old, uh, which they already do because I'm 29, and so uh, I'm just adding adding fuel to the fire there. So, um, man, I, I want to say this, though, uh, super, super, super grateful uh, for our church family, uh, super thankful for just the calls, the texts, the emails. Um, the, the social media reaching out, the, the meals uh, that have been incredible and provided uh, by some amazing people in our church family. Um, we're super, super grateful. So thank you. Thank you, church, for doing that for us and for taking care of us and just being the church and, and caring for um, your own. And so thank you, really, from the bottom of my heart. I'm so appreciative. Um, my family is so appreciative of all that you've done for us. So thank you for that. Um, and what a blessing you guys have been. And uh, this summer, uh, there's, there's a whole lot going on in case you didn't know. There's a lot that's happening uh, in our church. And so uh, hopefully you've been able to be a part of um, the past several weeks as we've been in Bible BFFs and you've been hearing about uh, godly community and friendship and getting to hear about all the things that, that we're doing now moving forward as we've been um, trying to be obedient to what God has called us to and where God is leading us as a church family. And uh, we got things coming up like 21 days of prayer, uh, the tailgates, uh, relaunch, and, and so on and so forth. We've got all that stuff happening, but uh, we are, at least for me, really excited about something. And I might sound a little biased, but we've got camp coming up in just a few days. And so those of you who maybe know people on our team uh, I know we're scrambling. I have been on paternity leave uh, with my son, so not trying to leave everyone out uh, high and dry, but uh, I haven't been a part of the chaos quite as much this year because of this little guy. So thank you, but also thank you, student team, uh, for doing all the things that you do. And so if you would, uh, July 18th, this Sunday, uh, we are leaving to go to Camp Tejas. We're going to go to camp uh, for eight days, and we're going to do three different camps uh, for 5th through 12th graders. So there's going to be a, a whole lot that's, that's happening 
uh, next week. And so if you would, those of you who are watching the TNT devotional, um, man, just spend some time in prayer uh, when you think about it uh, this week and, and, and praying about God doing what only God can do, that he would do just incredible things and move in a powerful way um, in the lives of students and leaders and our staff uh, as we go to camp. And I really believe this with everything in me, that camp uh, is a place where the faith of students will be deepened. I, I really believe that. I really believe that that camp is a place where God does incredible things, powerful things, and that he really will help students take that next step to go deeper in their faith. I think that camp is a place for that. And I gave my life to Jesus at a camp when I was about 16 years old. And so uh, I love camp. I believe in camp. I think camp is incredible. Um, I also believe this. I also believe that prayer matters. And so if you would just be praying, be praying, pray that God would do uh, incredible things that he would uh, transform and change the lives of students that are going to be going there. I think we're taking, I don't even know how many students, but I know we're taking a lot of students that um, are going to be in a place uh, where they can encounter Jesus in a unique way, uh, maybe for some of them the first time. And so be praying for that. Be praying for that, please, uh, over the next week or so. If you have a Bible, hope that you do. Uh, we're in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. And I think that uh, you have probably, if you've been in church at any point, um, you, you've probably heard uh, these next few verses that we're going to read um, let's go ahead and read them together. Matthew 5, verse 13 through 16, it says this. It says, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it may be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. And you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden, and neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. You are the salt of the earth. Now, we, we've probably heard this a um, thousand times, this, this just couple of verses here. It's probably one of the most famous of Jesus' sayings. And I remember uh, always seeing people's posters, and it's like, you are these. And it was like a, a salt shaker um, and then like a light bulb. You're, you are the salt um, and the light. And uh, I think for us, we can understand maybe contextually that, that this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, that uh, you read right before this set of verses, you read all of uh, what are known as the Beatitudes. So like uh, where it says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the merciful, they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And we could spend who knows how long on those statements uh, because they are so f just packed full of truth. But, but generally, uh, we can understand that the Sermon on the Mount is 
really Jesus teaching his followers what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom. And as you read it, you'll see that Jesus really gets at um, not just the actions of people, but the heart of people. And because from your heart come your actions. And so he, he's really getting at this. And, and people are accusing him of like, oh, he's rewriting the law. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not here to abolish the law. I'm here to fulfill it. Uh, you need to change your heart, transform your heart. You heard it, was, you heard it said this way, but it, it means this. You've, you've totally missed the point. And so he's teaching his followers what it means to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus is the king of that kingdom. And, and what he basically lays out here for everyone to understand is that citizens of the kingdom live different than citizens of the world. That citizens of the kingdom of God live differently than the citizens of the world. And, and, and what we really see is that in these verses, uh, we are really talking about what it looks like to be different, what it looks like to be salt, what it looks like to be light, and how it means that we are different as kingdom citizens versus being citizens of the world. And, and Jesus says, speaking to his followers, you are the salt of the earth. And what then, we think about it, right? We hear this, Jesus. And I know when I think of salt, um, I, I think of, of my uncle who uh, puts salt on everything. Um, so he puts salt on eggs. He puts salt on French fries that he just got from McDonald's that already have tons of salt on them. He puts salt on a sandwich. He puts salt on spaghetti. He puts salt on just about everything. Um, that dude uh, has salt packets that he takes with him so that he can rip them open and dump salt on things. So we probably primarily think of salt as a um, like flavor. Oh, this is really salty or uh, this really needs some salt uh, that we probably think of it as like a spice of sorts um, that you, you season something with with salt. And that certainly could have been something maybe they thought about. But uh, during this time, we need to ask ourselves, well, what would have the readers, what would the readers have thought when they heard the phrase, uh, you were salt of the earth? What would they have thought of when they heard salt? And, and salt during this time had several purposes. Uh, and, and I think there's a, there's a scholar's name, uh, Stuart Weber. And he kind of explains it where he says that um, although there is like many possible connotations uh, that Jesus probably had one kind of centrally in mind, uh, really primarily probably focusing on that salt uh, was something that preserved food in particular from corruption, um, from decay. And in centuries before modern refrigeration, right, like salt was the method of choice that was used for preventing bacteria from poisoning food. And salt was so vital for this purpose that there were actually wars and uh, that were fought over salt and controlling salt and entire economies were based on salt and salt could literally make the difference between life and death in a time where fresh food was unavailable. So salt, when they hear it, they're thinking probably more of a preservative, something that keeps something alive in a sense. And not even just like keeps it alive, like gives it a heartbeat or, or allows something to function the way it's supposed to. It's, it, it keeps it alive in the sense that it, it prevents decay and it prevents bacteria and it prevents corruption from coming in. And so don't hear me, you might be jumping to a conclusion here, but don't hear me say this. Uh, Jesus is not saying um, you are salt 
So you're different and that means that you're separate and that you're distant and that you never, ever, ever, ever need to be around the culture or the world. Uh, what he's saying is don't be separate, uh, but instead be different. He's saying be different in the midst of the culture or uh, we could think nowadays of maybe our, our work environment or or uh, just the world on social media, whatever it might be. Just be different in the midst of current modern day culture. And I think that there's a difference between being different and being separate. For example, uh, Josiah, look, any excuse to put this picture right over it. Little Josiah, uh, he may be only two weeks old, uh, but I still like to read to him. Uh, I've, I've read a couple of books to him so far. I know he doesn't understand a single word that I'm saying, um, but that's okay. Uh, I still like to read books. And, and one thing I've learned, I think, about newborns is uh, they really can't, and not from experience, but just from, from reading, I think scientifically here, uh, that they can't really differentiate uh, things yet when they see them. Uh, their eyes can only see uh, really high contrasts. And so we have these books. I have this little uh, wooden book here uh, that kind of puts two colors in contrast to one another in, in certain shapes that makes uh, animals. So you have a turtle, you have fish, a whale, another fish, an owl, a snake, a mouse, and a porcupine. So I like to hold him and show him these different shapes uh, because he can actually see, doesn't know what they are, but he can actually see the difference between like the black and white here. And, and now think about it like this, right? If, if there are two colors here to, to make a picture, at least it takes these two colors. Now, if they were completely separate, maybe you had all black on one side, all white on one side, uh, they'd just be kind of just blobs or just like two rectangles next to one another. But since they're different, not separate, you're able to kind of see in the midst of this white box, there's a black shape. Now, if this, all this black was up here in this corner, it wouldn't be a turtle. It wouldn't be anything. It would just be blobs. But since they're not separate, but they're different from one another, you're able to kind of see a shape here. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. That this, this earth, this world, it, it needs salt. It needs different. It needs as believers for us to not be corrupted by the ways of the world. Like think, think about in James and it says, well, what is, what is pure religion? Um, it's to care for the widows and the orphans and to keep oneself pure from the corruption of the world. So he's really kind of hitting on a lot of these points here. That as the church, that the church needs to be bringers of peace in a chaotic world. That the church are to bring hope to a hopeless world. That we have purpose here. But we can only do that if we are interacting with those who do not yet know Jesus. And, and you've probably heard us say, who knows how many times, talking about your one. The, the one person that you're really praying for and reaching out to that doesn't know Jesus, that you can invite to church, that you can invite into a relationship with Jesus, that you've experienced the love of God in a way that they uh, don't quite understand yet because they don't know that Jesus came and lived and died and rose again three days later because he loves them. And if they put their faith in him, they can have eternal life. They don't know that yet. And you are someone who can be used by God to do that. We are in the world, yet different. That, that we live different as citizens of the kingdom of God. 
And when we fail to do that, when we fail to be different, when we fail to, to interact with people, if we, we retreat and hide and just say, this is, this is my little Christian bubble and I'm going to be over here and I'm never going to reach out to people. I'm never going to be involved in anything here. I'm never going to be different. I'm just going to be separate. Uh, then it's like a salt that's lost its saltiness, which I don't really know how to describe what unsalty salt is annoying like sand is probably the texture right of what it feels like and it's worthless that it's meant to just be tossed and trampled on now this isn't this isn't a reference to salvation so jesus isn't saying well christians um when you when you mess up and you are not really being different and you're not being salt instead you you're just you're just worthless now uh, and you're just going to be trampled and thrown out. He's not saying that. What he's saying is that if you are not different, if you are not being an agent of redemption in this world, then, then you are not going to be taken seriously. If you weren't any different than them, then, then why would they want to listen to you about what you say you believe? Why would they want to listen to you about this person, Jesus, who you follow? Why would I want Jesus? You're no different than me. You're, 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 more, you're more angry than me. Why do I need Jesus? I'm the one who has more peace than you. And, and when people of the world think that they have more peace and hope and joy than people who follow the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, the creator of the universe, the giver of peace, the giver of joy, the giver of purpose, the giver of life. When, when the people of the world say, I've got more of that than, than you do. Why would I need Jesus? Then that's a problem. And, and that's what he's saying. That salt of the earth, that's... Man, that's, that's to be trampled on. That's to be thrown out, tossed to the wayside. If you aren't any different than them, why would they listen to you? So be salt. Be an agent of redemption in the hands of the Lord to be used to reach people, in particular, reach your one. Bring them to church, bring them to the tailgate. Man, bring them to the relaunch. Be praying for them, 21 days of prayer. If you don't have that person yet, I, I would strongly encourage you to pray about who that person might be and to continue to be proactive about reaching that person and bringing them here to church. Have those spiritual conversations with them. Be salt to them. Now, let's look at verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So you're the light of the world. Now, notice the phrase here, right? You're the light of the world. Uh, that might sound very familiar. Uh, John 8, 12 talks about how uh, Jesus, he says that again, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, that, that is, is Jesus followers. Right? We walk different, uh, not separate, and we have to do it together. It's not something we do by ourselves. We have to do it together. Like look at the second half of the verse. It says that a town or a city on a hill cannot be hidden. Now one house uh, is not a town. Uh, one house is not a city. Now one light glows, but a multitude can shine. We have to be in community. We have to be together. And I hope that that's kind of been just like drilled in your head during Bible BFFs as we've talked about 
man, the, the godly friendship and the need for to be surrounded by those who are going to help us be more like Jesus. It doesn't ever mean we don't have friends who aren't Christians. In fact, you, you, you should, so you can reach them so they can know Jesus. But we are stronger and we're better together as Jesus followers. You cannot do it on your own. I cannot do it on my own. No amount of education, no amount of spirituality, nothing. You cannot do it alone. One house is not a city. One house is not a town. It says a town, a city on a hill, a collection, a group of people that let their light shine cannot be hidden. That's what changes the world. That's what changes the workplace. That's what changes a school. That's what changes a city. Now, we are agents of redemption for a purpose. So we don't just shine just to shine and look cool, whatever. Verse 16 says this. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father in heaven. And it's not about you. It's all about him. So let your light shine, be salt, be seen by others, not for you, not so you can look good, not so people can think you're great, but so that God may get the glory, so that they may see you and say, what is different about him? What is different about her? Why, why is she like that? Why is she not lashing out at me in anger? Why is she not gossiping about me? Why is she not judging me? Why is she showing mercy and compassion and love? Why is she spending her time on the weekends doing this? Why is she giving up a week to go and serve here and do this? Not for you to get the glory, but for them to ask that question so you can give them the answer. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Jesus changed my life. This is just how I live. Man, I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress, but Jesus changed my life. So I'm going to keep doing everything I can to lift him high and to look like him. Let your light shine. Be salty. Be seen so that God may get the glory. Let's pray together. God, thank you for... All that you've done, God, thank you that, man, we just, you've enabled us to do this, empowered us to do this by your Holy Spirit, that we don't have to figure this out on our own. Pray, God, for just our church family, for me, for everyone um, that says they follow you, that they would just give their lives to you wholeheartedly, uh, that they would just live differently, that they would um, show the world that there is hope. They would show the world that there's a God who loves them more than they could ever imagine. Pray you would use us in a way that, that we can't fully understand, that we can't fully grasp, but God, would you just use us? That's what we ask this morning. And we love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church family, love y'all. We'll see you on Tuesday for TNT Devotions.